0: Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine
1: print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life. And- the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with Unk, hosted by Lil duval on the black effect podcast network iheart radio app or wherever you get your
0: podcast
1: presented by at&t connecting changes everything
0: hi let's talk about pro plan sport pro plan sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. The Volume. The Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Basketball, football, they have awesome new and existing user promotions. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You can get your winnings back in two hours. My favorite, the same game parlays. You can bet five or ten bucks and won $150 bucks or more. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Get started now. Sign up promo code Colin so they know we and I sent you. The Colin Coward Podcast presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to the Thursday Morning podcast. Chris Weber, C-Webb, will join us. His thoughts on the NBA playoffs and the play-in game so far. So Baker Mayfield did an interview on a podcast. And uh, uh, he just sort of let it rip, let it fly. At one point, he said, on the field, I'm a dickhead. That's never changed. He admits he's got a Napoleon syndrome. He says he felt disrespected by the Browns. And he says he'd like to go into somebody's office and boo them to see how they crumble. He admitted his critics also got to him. You know, Marshall McLuhan is a famous scholar of communications. He famously said, the medium is the message, meaning not so much what you say, but how you say it and where you choose to say it. Baker was lake house with a bunch of buddies, host is there, camo hat, drinking a beer, very casual. It's very let it rip. This is where I think Baker Mayfield's personality has never been right to be a quarterback. My wife's an artist. I'm more the compartmentalizer, the observer. We have different personalities. We make it work. But I will never be able to paint like her. And she... Won't be able to do certain things I can do. I think the greatest quarterbacks have talent, but their personalities match the position. Tom Brady obviously is a great example. So is Peyton Manning. Very calculated. Obsessed with preparation. From the podium, to a podcast, to preparation, to the sidelines, to pre-snap. You'll see very brief emotional outbursts. A fist pump by Brady. Peyton Manning will occasionally bark at his center, but they're very much under control. Baker's personality is much more comedian, surfer, artist. Highly emotional, letter rip. That, of course, is a big advantage in surfing or. A comedian, you lean into your talent, don't overthink it, and just let it go. But the Russell Wilsons, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, they understand being a franchise quarterback, everything has to be planned. It's not a letter rip position. Jay Cutler, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, sort of letter rip personalities. Don't think before they speak often way too casual. It's one of my knocks on Drew Locke, the now Seahawk quarterback. I don't need to know Baker's got a Napoleon problem. Right now, he's interviewing for a job with every other GM in the league. Do you think they want a quarterback with a short guy complex? Do you think they want a quarterback who says he was bothered by the criticism and had to get off social? A quarterback who said, I'd like to go into fans' cubicles and boo them, he's showing weakness. He's showing an inability to control his emotions, that he doesn't have control of them. They control him. Again, there's a reason certain people flourish in certain jobs. I talk to myself all day. I was meant to talk. It's what I do. I could never have been an artist. There are certain positions I just don't have the right emotional state for. I think Baker's talented, but he almost has a linebacker's personality, a wide receiver's personality, highly emotional, very casual, says the first thing that comes into his mind. There are a lot of great jobs for that. Quarterback, in my opinion, it's not perfect. So there was a baseball situation yesterday that got people really worked up. Clayton Kershaw, perfect game. After 80 pitches, he was pulled. And this is something that's important. First of all, it was game two. He's six months off surgery. He's an older pitcher. He's very valuable to their World Series chances. It was under 40 degrees. Under 40 degrees. And this is an older pitcher now. Managing that arm and his health becomes... Really important. We know this in all sports. I totally understood why the Dodgers did it. Folks, sports are not just there, athletes are not just there for your personal enjoyment. Colin, there's only been 23 perfect games, and Clayton Kershaw only has one left arm. This franchise, the Dodgers, are favorites to win the World Series. Okay. The perfect game. Is like an award. It's cute. Kershaw's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. His legacy is set. Got one World Series. Would like to have more. Over a hundred million dollars in the bank. Okay. To win an award, throw a no hitter perfect game is wonderful. But Clayton Kershaw totally understood the situation. Sports is not just there for your enjoyment. Big picture. If Clayton Kershaw is 24 and plays for the Mariners or A's with no shot to win a world championship, the Royals or the Pirates, and he's a kid not coming off surgery, and it's game two, you go for it. But the bigger picture for the Dodgers is we're not risking an injury. I'll give you an example. Kevin Durant, remember years ago, he got hurt. He came back in for the Warriors in the playoffs and there were gonna be minute limitations, but he came back and he was on fire and they stretched how many minutes he played and he got hurt. Big picture, should have pulled him out earlier. You can't just go with an older, somewhat brittle athlete. You can't just go on current momentum. You have to go into games or series with pitch counts or minute limits. So, yes, it drives you crazy. Kershaw agreed to it, understood it. They have bigger goals here than perfect games or no-hitters. It's game two. It's 38 degrees. He's just off surgery, and he's an older pitcher. In the NBA play-in tournament, there are no sure things, except one. Bet at least 20 bucks. In same-game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook, you'll get an instant bonus, win or lose. 20 bucks. That's right. Not only do you get to enjoy the NBA's best duking it out for the right to advance to the playoffs, but FanDuel's giving all customers a bonus for getting in on the action. Oh, and the more you bet, the bigger your bonus. FanDuel is an official partner of the NBA. Their app is safe, easy to use, and you'll get your winnings fast. New to the FanDuel Sportsbook? We'll sign up today, promo code Colin, to make every moment more. So don't just watch the NBA play-in tournament. Be part of it. Bet at least 20 bucks in the same-game parlay. Get an instant bonus, win or lose. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana E N Y or text H O P E N Y four six seven three six nine in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1 800 889 9789 Tennessee. Visit 1 800 gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, let's bring in Chris Weber, the Hall of Famer, Fab Five, five time All Star, number one pick, Rookie of the Year, one of my favorite people. I get him about once a year and I love it. So I want to talk to you about Patrick Beverly. And I know it's a weird place to start, but, 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 you know, Bill Lambeer tackled people. Dennis Rodman was a pain in the ass. And, you know, as a a Fab Five guy, as a Michigan guy, is that there is absolutely, in my opinion, room for Patrick Beverly. But what is the line, Chris, between being physical and screwing with guys' knees, hurting them, Like, as a pro athlete, I don't know what the line is. What is it with Patrick Beverly? What does he do that bothers you, and what are you okay with?
1: Man, that's a great question. Thanks for having me on. I think, first, I think everybody would want to play with him, and a quick Bill Lambert story, one of my favorite players ever, growing up in Detroit, and I used to love it. He's one of the reasons why I love playing on the road and would do like this, the booze, the antics. He really taught us to embrace you're going to get hated anyway. However, when I played against some true story, my first time in the NBA going home, I knew the guy. I go up and get a rebound, tap it against the backboard to show how high it could jump and go down the court. You know, it's like old trick. You catch and tap it. The next time I go up and I see him, he sticks his leg out and I twist my ankle. I think maybe 17 seconds or two minutes into the game, something like that. And I was out probably six games my rookie year. And so... Even though he's one of my favorite players, it's one of the dirtiest things that I've seen. So I did the game, I believe I commented the game when um, he and Westbrook bumped knees, like after a late timeout. I don't think that was dirty because I've seen players do that their whole careers. Right. However, I think the answer is not saying anything and maybe taking one technical with a quick elbow. It, it, it's really it's really easy if you don't get caught up in the antics, especially in a two, three-game series. It's really easy to shut them down because then they start looking like a little clownish. The only way they don't look like a clown is when they bring you into the argument and you have to try to figure out who's really, you know, acting, who's the bad actor in this.
0: Yeah, no, that's what he did with Morris. He got him worked up. He got into his head. Was there ever a guy in the league that was a talker with you and tried to reel you in?
1: Not a talker because you couldn't get me that way. So if you wanted to slide under the, the Collins brothers, I hated playing them. Nahara, uh, Matson, any guy then that would flop uh, smartly, use their brain, get in front of you. But I hated those guys because they got the benefit of the doubt. They're beating you up just as much and they're getting the benefit of the doubt. And to me, those guys were, I'm going to say just as effective. They don't have the winning record of a Rodman, but in games, they're just as you know as effective as the Beverly as well. So yeah, those guys I used to, I used to hate hate playing against those guys.
0: So uh, I'm not going to ask you necessarily to pick a series, but I want to talk kind of fundamentally, holistically about the league. So I don't I don't buy the Celtics, and I don't buy the Heat, and my reason is, and I do buy Brooklyn because my theory is when the playoffs start. Refs swallow the whistle. They get out of the way. And this is when stars can really manipulate marginal players and average players. And outside of Jason Tatum, Celtics don't have a closer. Out, I don't think Miami does have a closer. I think Jimmy's just a great athlete. Same with Bam. And so Brooklyn's got so many things I don't like. Their size, their bench, the lack of chemistry. Um, They're so... KD Kyrie centric. Would you rather play a Boston who grinds your ass on the defensive end, who has, they, they, they don't have the star power, but every time down the floor, or would you rather play, you know, that kind of team, but they don't have stars or a, a Brooklyn who's got two guys that are unstoppable, but all sorts of holes all over the team.
1: I remember playing against Dallas, who at the time had to, fastest pace. It was Finley, Nash and Dirk.
0: Oh, I remember you know, those teams.
1: You don't want to play them. You just don't because you just have no rest of thought because when those three are on the court you really have to be engaged every single play Every because every play is a threat. I really thought Cleveland could have come back. I told someone, I called him early in the second half. I said, Cleveland's going to come back and win this game. But I didn't take into effect the fact that is one of the best shooters ever to play. Right. But yeah, I could definitely, you know, I, I'm like you. I would take them but I would rather, you know, play a team that, that doesn't have those options in a Boston in, in that as well. I, I agree.
0: Yeah. So, you're basically – you the, the what, what you're saying Brooklyn does is they put such immense pressure on you because if you're not alert, they will score it well. I mean, the
1: shots that Katie was hitting to me in basketball, the hardest shot in the game that Jordan mastered, um, um, KD mastered, K, uh, Curry's mastered every shot. Uh, Kobe mastered his two-dribble pull-up going baseline because you really don't know how to check the guy. If you pump fakes, can he continue to go? And the shots that KD was hitting, you know, it, it was terrible. It was great defense, and he pulls up and shoots that tough shot that really if you're another team, if anybody else, but those two, I'm taking my chances with that shot, making the guy take a shot off the dribble, fading right to and so I just, um, yeah, I just, it's, it gets so deflating. It's almost like a dunk used to be worth more than two points because it would take the air out of your team. And that's yes. agree, it's, it's, the, it's the same way as a bomb. It's seven points, but, you know, it, it hurts more than a one-yard run. So, you know, I, I totally agree with you on that theory. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, are, are over um, – They have too high expectations on Boston. I feel you that way. I think people don't take for granted. You need a couple closures in the playoffs. And, you know, one of those guys get cold, you can go to another. And that's why Brooklyn, to me, has, you know, definitely an advantage.
0: What? Tell me the difference between regular season and playoff basketball. Um, Like last night, they don't count the play-in game as the playoffs. And I said on the air, I said, that's playoff basketball. You can call it whatever you want. But even the officiating, they were letting guys bump. Uh, you know, they I felt watching and I'm like, oh, that's playoff basketball, you can call it whatever. So, you you tell me, go back to your career like, where could you really tell? Because you notice rookies getting tighter, young guys getting tighter.
1: I think two things for me how loud the fans were, like, everything was just over exaggerated. Like, now's the time you become a star. Like, the guy off the bench that gets one minute and one steal is. 100 people outside waiting for them if you get the win. So just that you you feel, you know, WWF, you know, you can you cut the intensity with a knife. You really feel that. I always used to really notice that. And then second, how tired you would get in the first quarter. Like, I can't explain. I don't know what that is. Is that nerves and jitter? Is yeah. that how you're up? up Is everything? But it was almost like, you know, you have no more excuses, and you've been waiting even emotionally to put everything into this moment. And so I think it really is the energy, and how do you make sure you give your all at times, but still conserve at times where you don't need to waste it pumping up the crowd, you know? So, you know, the crowd and then kind of how your body reacted to the moment, you know, is, is kind of special for me.
0: So, when you go over to the Western side, um, a, a team that I find really interesting. Golden State. So Jordan Poole is now emerging as a star. Clay Thompson's not quite what he was off injury, and when Clay plays a lot of minutes, I think it hinders Jordan Poole. And I think everybody knows that on the roster. But Clay's your guy. Okay, Clay's your dude. You travel with him. You have probably gone to weddings. You get into a weird situation where everybody in the damn room's like, "Should do, Jordan Poole needs to play forty-two minutes." Tell me how difficult that is when one of your guys, you know, he's eroding, he's not ascending, and here comes the young buck. Can it screw with chemistry?
1: So so I heard you today, and um, I hope that for fans' sake, you know, I love it when you go off on tangents or rabbit holes, and I hope that you really go down the rabbit hole of the draft pick does not mean as much in big cities anymore, and you're so right. You need to really go down that rabbit hole. I'm sure your researchers can get you a lot of... L.A. didn't get Shaq. You know, they didn't draft Shaq. So I'm, I totally, uh, you know, uh, agree with you on that. However, I don't know if I can answer this question and not be sentimental, and I think that's the problem that Clay gives. They are a dynasty. They were a dynasty. I, you're right in every way, but I'm just adding a motion which... You're going to have to take an effect for fans and other things, especially if you don't win one and you're betting on Poole, who is going to be great. But, you know, you would do that to Clay, and he's not uh, yet a full year in. Um, uh, you know, he – this dynasty never got a chance to win once we saw a team get hurt uh, or KD get hurt. You know, this unfinished business. Uh, he's, you know, of course, Draymond the last, you know, vestiges of that. So – If you are right, I would not want to be part of that. I was in Detroit again, Pistons fan, when we had a parade. And I think the next day, and and Rick Morris said, oh, thank you for helping me lose all this weight. I love you. And like three days later, he was traded for, I believe, Mark McGuire. And I mean, as a Pistons fan, and we won, but I was just hurting man. And I would not want to be the man that traded, Clay Thompson, because if it, what works? Like, does anything but a championship works? And if not, I think keeping him around, still trying to win a championship may be the best. But I do think that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, this is all it's a relationship business. I mean, the truth is Steph Curry has made the owner a billion dollars easily in 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 value of franchise, in marketing sales. You do sometimes have to go to your star and say, hey, man, this is this is a go either way decision. I, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think I got to get
1: more form though. I got to get more. And I think you said Anthony Davis earlier. I'm not, I'm not taking him. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not taking him for clay for the community because it is relationships. So right. if we're going to do that, we got to go, we got to go get maybe bill and someone else and give up our picks. Cause I, I really believe you on that, but I just don't think, you know, we're going to have to go for a super superstar because that's who I believe he would. I still believe he has two years left of that.
0: So let's go to that. Let's pivot to the Lakers. That um, I'm, I'm, I think people tell you are who they are. I think it was Maya Angelou who said that. People tell you who they are. Believe them. So when AD came in out of shape off the bubble championship, I mean, LeBron is sitting there thinking timeout. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this sport. Dude, I just need you to be in shape as a pro athlete. Um, I would have moved off him there, buy low, sell high. Uh, Now, with the injuries, this is who he is. He's showing you who he is. He's not a workout fiend. He's not really a leader. He's hella talented, but he's hurt increasingly more. Um, What was your feeling when you were in the game about athletes that get hurt? Um, Is it bad form to move off them? Or... Did you always feel like, hey, man, some dudes, they just, they can't give you eighty-two? They, can't. I mean, how do as a pro athlete, how do you view that?
1: Yeah, and, and I, I was plagued by injuries or, like, ankle injuries, things like that. And so AD's last injury, you could tell, like, it wasn't his fault, you know, like Curry suffered injuries. But I think, you know, if you're going to get injured, I want to know what guy will work his, you know, tail off to come back the fastest. So then I have to take your work ethic into account. And so um, I do think some guys is unfair. And then I do think as an athlete, you work out a lot so that you can feel confident that you won't have those breakdowns. And then you look at guys that don't work out and you say, see, that's why. And so it's, it's not even the, the injuries. I, you know, I just um, I just go back to the previous memory of anybody playing with LeBron. That, that's how I just players because I know it's a different day and you can win championships. And I think, you know, my generation should kind of admire the fact that you can go play with friends and free agency. Um, but at the same time, you know, watching a guy like Dirk, even though he won a championship, but you knew he was a winner even before if he would have never won one because of how, you knew he put Dallas on, on his back, and you could trust that. He just needed help. I never felt that way with AD, that he just needed help. I felt that he could be that missing piece for someone else, but that no one else could be that. And I don't know when he's proven that. That's He's a wonderful talent, but, you know, I, I, I'm I just looking, you know. And he had some big shots with LeBron. I, I, I get that but you know we're talking about him being an alpha and i don't I don't know when when that's worked so I'm not as high um on an injury or not um being the number being the number one guy if leBron's not on the team if lebron's on the team he could be number one or two but if not i'm not high enough.
0: the clippers I had a good source inside the clippers that told me when a d was on the market they didn't think he was a a leader or B tough they thought he was gifted. And they didn't think he would play through injuries. They didn't think he worked out enough. Now, they've had their own troubles with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard staying healthy. But they, the idea was everybody loved AD. And the Clippers have a very shrewd, very deep roster, very shrewd front office. They didn't love him. And, and their, their takeaway was he has to be led. He can't lead. I mean, listen, Chris, all years you played, how many guys were great leaders, truthfully?
1: not Maybe maybe well
0: to a roster
1: maybe and maybe and and sometimes the best player when I was younger maybe he didn't want to be the leader because he was figuring out some other things and was like I'll let you guys kind of figure it out I don't want to you know or maybe they just led individually saying hey this is how you stay in shape but you know I'm not going to the team signings and things like that so when you find a guy like that when you find someone that you admire, they have game and that is, is very rare. And usually it's your star player and a guy that has been through everything and doesn't want you to waste your, your chances. So, no, it's, it's – uh, you really have to learn that as well because every guy, no matter how confident they are, you know, we're the most confident in sports. But, again, we're still fans of the game, and therefore there's that insecurity. You, you, you follow sport a long time, whether it leaks out in interviews, whether it leaks out in the way you treat people, whether it leaks out in something after the game, you know, you, you, you can kind of see those areas. So to say great leaders, man. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe two or three of your team.
0: Okay, HBO winning time. Not sure if you've seen it. It's the um the Jeff Perlman book on the championship Lakers. Speaking of leadership, Magic Johnson, you had prickly, stoic Kareem, you had a crazy owner, uh, Norm Nixon, and here came Magic. Big personality, butting heads, a lot of pushback, obviously a great leader. As a Michigan kid, yeah, as a Pistons fan, how how did you view? He went to Michigan State. He was so he was on the other team, the Lakers. Did you hate Magic as a player?
1: I remember, I remember Michael Jackson coming out uh, in 1984, and I remember screaming to my mom like, "Please do Billy Jean." I remember. That. I think it was Motown 25th. I remember. Remember where I was. I remember where I was when Magic got out of a limo and saw bird, and I ran around the house screaming. I remember it like, oh, what's going on? Like, uh, I was the biggest Magic Johnson fan in the world. Uh, His father worked in a factory. He was from Lansing, Michigan. I got to meet him in seventh grade. Uh, His smile, he was tall and a point guard. He got to push the ball. He he was in a video with New Edition. Uh, I think it was Secret, like a video. (laughs) But this is my favorite, you know, he was cool. and and he was like a man of the people. And so I loved him. I I, you know, and growing up, you know, I grew up loving Michigan and Michigan State. So I, I knew, you know, who he was. As a Pistons fan, it was like the only situation where you could like the Lakers in their fake Hollywood ways because you knew they had sincerity for Michigan there. Um, but when we beat them, I wanted to beat them more than anything. And and I wanted Isaiah to get off. I wanted to beat them, but you know, he has to be him, Bird, uh, a couple other guys. Has to be my favorite players of all time. So he was our Dr. J. He was the world of basketball, and I mean, you know, I love LA. I, I remember like you know putting in the VCR, watching tapes, watching tapes in, in the VCR of just the opening scene of we hate, we uh, beat LA beat LA from the Screams in Boston and those type of things. So yeah, Magic Magic was uh, you know he always point. I used to take my fingers like him because. I don't know. I thought maybe that could make you dribble, but yeah, (laughs) uh, he he was, he's magic, man. So yeah, I haven't seen a series that I'm trying to wait so I can binge watch it all. And I can't wait, but um, yeah, man. And you know, to have leadership like that as well from getting in the seat to, And also if I could say one more thing, the best leaders to me are the ones that like shut up when it's time to work. And from what I know about magic, uh, the practices were legendary because As hard as Riley and others work on him, he was always ready in his shape. Some people just had a motor like that, like Jordan, to stay up and do all that. And uh, part of that leadership is not just being able to be a rah-rah guy, but them trusting that you're going to get on the line with them after a rough night and run some sprints as well.
0: So the other day, I had a former Meta World piece. I think his name is Meta Sandifer Artest now. I hope I got that right. Um, And I said to him, I said, man, we can't normalize all these stars missing games. Like I'm a kid from a small town. I, I went to a Sonics game every three years. If downtown Freddie Brown and Gus Williams and Jack Smithman didn't play, it was bad, man. It was sad for me. And he said he said something very interesting, Chris. He said, listen, man, these guys now in the last three or four years are making 30, 40000000 dollars. They're young people. Like it's a lot and they're they 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 are hanging out with hollywood A-listers they're making more than movie stars and he said i think over time they'll get adjusted to it a lot thrown at them they've never made more money he's like i mean he goes it was 6 7 years ago a guy could make 9 million and that was money now it's 35 and the new cba benefits the star players they make more than ever and it was an interesting takeaway and i thought to myself you know what I remember my first big contract that was like 32. 32, not 22. You get ahead of yourself a little bit. You start thinking you're really, you know, a little bit greater than you are. Your takeaway on the missing of games by stars, do you think some of it is we're just transitioning, a lot of money, last four years, guys are, you know what I mean, feeling themselves a little, or are you genuinely long-term worried about it?
1: I'm a little worried about it because it's part of the culture. So it starts with the team. You know, it starts with the team going from when I played, we would be in practice after getting hurt in a game, a Wednesday that doesn't matter in Milwaukee. I'm talking about doesn't matter, but because the culture is to eat a steak and yell at a guy and feel good about yourself through that. Not getting any better through practice, but running lines and things that have nothing to do with getting in shape. That mentality, remember the jokes he takes years off of guys' careers? It was a joke, but it wasn't a joke. Guys were not joking about it. And so um, kind of that over-exaggerated sense of man up and all that stuff, when really it should have been like, hey, guys, we just had a six game and seven nights. (laughs) Y'all need a day off, but it was always a big war. So, one, that really messed it up. So, two, teams trying to fix it and then validating Russ is what opened the floodgates, my friend. When you have a team saying, you know, hey, guys, just let me know how you're feeling, then, you know, my my loyalty is to my feeling, not to getting through it. I don't want to walk the treadmill and get up every morning, but if I don't think about my feelings, I'll get through it, and overall, it helps my body. So I think the team gave a way out. Third, you know, when you did that at 32, or I did that in my 20s, we were, like, going against the grain, kind of like you you knew there were better stories of don't do this, don't do that. Well, now it's the culture of, you know, why not? You know, you should be doing this right. You, you know, and so I think anytime you're going, anytime the culture seems to be going in the way of rest or, you know, when I play with AI, this, this is so true. and you know, all so many things are over-exaggerated, but he really played every game. And you could say ego, you could say pride, but he always started with somebody in the arena that never saw him. And maybe you have to be that good sometime to realize, like, I'm going to make this kid's life. Maybe, maybe it has to be that, because Sigma and those guys knew it because, <laughs> shoot, the game didn't come on TV. It was late, right. delayed, you know. You know, maybe it was more special. You, you, you know what I mean? And so sure. Yeah, I could a little worried about that, but I do believe, you know, in in the optimism of Meta. you know, I I do think it can come back, but we used to be like, we make the money, money don't make us. Now we might do something stupid with the money and, you know, lose our mind. But the principle was, you know, we play the game. Money doesn't make you good. My paycheck, matter of fact, you make more than me, I'm going to show you why. Like I, you, you know, so that worries me that the, the, the spirit of, the spirit of it has changed as opposed to what guys are really doing.
0: Yeah, no, I think there's been a lot of cultural changes. Um, it's harder to hard coach a player. I mean, even I mean, Chuck Daly had Hall of Famers. He coached them hard. Pat Riley, hard. Yes. It's hard. that hard coaching thing, Chris, it, don't, it doesn't it not really exist anymore. No, no, no,
1: no. Thank you for coming to work today and taking a step.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's great seeing you, my man. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, right, thanks for having
0: me. All right. See you. The volume. Make sure to check out the Draymond On Green Show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure download the Draymond Green show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the volume podcast network.
1: Top Two is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy.
0: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...